This is episode 262 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Best Advice for Preppers Stuck in the City or Suburbs and 35 Reasons Coffee Filters are Survival Multitaskers. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before we get started, you can make sure that you get the Prepper Website Podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail. We make it very easy for you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you do feel you are receiving value from this podcast, we appreciate your kind reviews. Hey everyone, welcome to the Friday podcast. We have a good episode for you, and let's go ahead and jump right in. Our first article comes to us from timgamble.com, and again, the article is entitled Best Advice for Preppers Stuck in the City or Suburbs. So let's go ahead and read this one. During and after any societal collapse, a productive homestead in a rural part of the country far away from any mega cities will be a much safer and better place to live than the large cities and their suburbs. But many preppers complain that they are stuck living where they are at now and simply cannot move to a small town or rural area. What can they do? My best advice for people stuck living in the cities or suburbs, connect with trustworthy, like-minded people near you and together start preparing and planning for difficult times. This concept is often called a mutual assistance group, or MAG, and can be as formal or as informal as you want it to be. Working on a project such as prepping with other people provides for a certain amount of mutual encouragement and accountability, enabling you to stay on track. It allows all parties to draw on different experiences and skill sets. You can make and split bulk purchases, reducing costs for all involved, You can also split the cost of certain purchases for which your group only needs one, such as a ham radio. If the group is successful at some point, you may even consider going in together to buy a few acres of rural property to use as a bug out retreat. Many skill sets need to be learned by all group members, examples, basic first aid and CPR, self-defense. But you can assign certain advanced or specialized tasks to certain members. Sam and Emily, you'll be our medic, so you'll need to get advanced to first aid and medical training. John, you'll be our ham radio operator and communication expert, so get the equipment and training. Bill, you have the only pickup truck in the group, so you need to get a hand truck and dolly and be available to group members for hauling. Mary, since you're already into sewing, you'll be the group's seamstress, so make sure you have plenty of supplies to repair our clothing after the SHTF. You get the idea. You should also plan how you will provide mutual aid to each other during disasters and after. Plan for both natural disasters and man-made disasters. Write down these plans and expectations to prevent misunderstandings. Who should be in your network? Well, I did say trustworthy, like-minded people near you. You're not looking for folks with certain skill sets. Worry about skills later. Rather, you're looking for folks who share similar worldviews, concerns, and goals. Start meeting people and talking to them. Look first to those already around you, your neighbors, fellow church members, friends, co-workers, and so forth. Look for clues as to their attitudes and mindset. 
the guy at work with an NRA sticker on his pickup might be a good prospect. Your neighbor who still has the Hillary for President bumper sticker on his Toyota Prius, probably not. Once you pick out a prospect, start feeling them out. Mention watching a hunting show or a rerun of Dual Survivor or something similar and see how they react. Negative reactions, move on. Positive reactions, keep the conversations going. It may take several conversations as both parties feel each other out before building enough trust to get into preparedness and survival topics. Religion and politics do make a difference. Someone diametrically opposed to your view on these topics will make a poor fit for your group. Have discussions on these topics early on. Believe me, you'll quickly figure out if they are incompatible with you. I also suggest that you need people who are physically near your location. Transportation will be difficult when the SHTF and become even more difficult post-collapse as gasoline runs out and infrastructure breaks down. Absolute best is someone who lives within eyeshot of your location. Next is someone within reasonable walking distance of your place. And expand outwards from there. I don't want to insult anyone, but we all sometimes need a swift kick in the pants. I put stuck in quotes because what most people really mean when they say they are stuck in the city or suburbs is that they simply aren't willing to make the necessary sacrifices to move or otherwise don't really want to change their current lifestyle. In most cases, being stuck due to some reason supposedly out of their control, like financial, career, family, health, etc., is actually an excuse they use to justify doing what they want to do instead of what they should be doing. If you are stuck in the city or suburbs, I urge you to honestly examine your own motivations. But I warn you that such a self-examination can be quite difficult and uncomfortable. All right, a short article, but a good article. Actually, the first couple of comments in in uh, the comment section are pretty negative. I mean, they go after Tim pretty uh, pretty strongly on it, and uh, he does a good job of of answering them and going back to uh, to what they said. Uh, and then there's some other uh, there's another comment here that uh, definitely makes sense. You know, I've alluded to this in a way here recently on the podcast. Um, when we've talked about things like if there was a true collapse, what would happen with sanitation? What would happen with water? Uh, you know, all, all those different types of things. If you're in the suburbs, if you are in uh, a place where there's limited, uh, you know, limited land, limited uh, water supply, limited places for people, just, I mean, you would have to eventually build an outhouse or something along those lines. I mean, there's going to be a lot of issues there. And so when people talk about long-term, you, so you, you have the difference between a short-term, short-term preparedness and long-term preparedness. Definitely, if it's a short-term event, suburbs, I mean, yeah, you can, you know, you can pretty much handle that. Uh, but after a certain while, when you get to a point where you're really having to grow your own food and you're really getting to the point where, uh, you know, crime starts getting out of control and what are you do, what are you doing with sewage? You know, water runs out. You know, at what point are you able, are you able to actually uh, navigate that situation in the suburbs? Right, um, you're gonna have, you're gonna run into a lot of different situations that uh, are not gonna easily be handled, and so there's gonna be a lot to it. I'm just thinking about my neighborhood and how big it is, and we're not very big, but how big it is. 
and just the, the lack of resources and what we would be doing. You know, I mean, I know what I would do. I know what I would have to do and, and how, um, you know, I would go about doing it. But at the same time, if we're talking about a real long-term event, man, there's a, there's a lot of things to, uh, to concern yourself with. And so one of the things that Tim is talking about here is, you know, is there a way for you to get out? Is there a way for you to have a little bit more room, a little bit more space, a little bit more, uh, you, you have more options uh, it, when you're going out. Now, there's give and take on all sides. There's there's pros and there's cons to, to all of that. And people definitely who believe that there one day might be a collapse, um, you know, those people, a lot of those people have moved out to, you know, to the rural setting because they want to be prepared. They want to go ahead and set up shop now. And so I think that's where this is coming from. If you believe that we are going through, uh, we will go through a, a long-term collapse, then, you know, what are you doing now to prepare? Um, there are some sacrifices. When you move out to the country, when you move out to a rural setting, there is, uh, you know, some sacrificing that goes on. Uh, and people who, uh, if, if you read articles and, and uh, biographies and, and journals of people who have done that, uh, you know, they, they, they mention that. Sometimes people don't uh, don't last very long out there. They they go out and it's a little experiment because they didn't go in with the right you know, with the right mindset and the mind frame, and then they they don't last very long and they come back in, into doing that. But you know the crux of his art, article is talking about coming alongside people you know that are like minded, and he gives some great advice. Uh, you know, not necessarily looking at the skills because I know sometimes we say, you know, hey, we'd love to have somebody with medical skills. Uh, we'd love to have somebody who, you know, has firearm skills and, and can teach people and, you know, all those kinds of things. But you really need to start off with the religious and the political. I know for me, that's going to be the religious side of it is going to be the most important because I want people that with me that are going to believe like I believe because, you know, that's going to... I'm going to be operating with, uh, you know, a biblical worldview. And if you don't have that biblical, biblical worldview, you're going to have, uh, we're going to have some confrontations, right? That's going to be uh, some, we're going to have some difficult conversations. And so, you know, I, I like that idea of starting off along those lines, uh, you know, looking for people at your church. If you are a, a believer, you know, who can you start to talk to? Who can you start to to tap? And, you know, that might mean that you get involved in church, right? That means that you go to maybe a, a Sunday school. That means that you go to uh, some of the men's meetings or the women's meetings. And you go and you start trying to build relationships with other people. And as you do, you start to learn a little bit more about them and, and, and see if they're open to preparedness and starting from there. But if not, then going to some of the places that, uh, you know, we have talked about before, like places, you know, where, uh, you know, going to um, uh, a gun shop, going to, you know, to a firing range, uh, going to uh, places where people uh, meet up, you know, meetup.com is a good one. Going to uh, places that people talk about gardening and gardening shows and, and gardening classes and canning and, and all those different types of things where you can find people that are like minded and then linking up with them. And, and building that relationship, because I do think that it's very, very important if the, if the poop hits the fan that you have people to rely on. I don't think it's good if it's just you and your family. I mean, if that's all there is, you may do. But the more people that can help and support each other, I think the, the, there's a big benefit in that. 
And so, uh, like I said, short article here, but good information. And hopefully, you know, this came up recently. Uh, I received an email from someone and uh, about uh, people banding, banding together and what is really out there that will help people. I mean, there's forums out there. There's, uh, you know, there's other websites that try to link people together. But in reality, there, there shouldn't be like one big place where everyone links up together like uh you know hey let's go to this state right here um that wouldn't be good because everyone would know that you're there i think one of the best things would be you know where preppers are in pockets you know of of mutual assistant groups all over the place and uh to where you you know you don't give yourself away in one big location so anyway good article over here go check this out um best advice for preppers stuck in the city or the suburbs over at timgamble.com. All right, our next article comes to us from backdoorsurvival.com. And this article is uh, entitled 35 Reasons Coffee Filters Are Survival Multitaskers. And uh, I really like this article. Actually, I like all articles that talk about multi-uses, right? Uh, and not just that list it, but actually talk a little bit about it. Because I think when you when there's items out there and you have an idea of how you can use them in multiple ways... I think that's uh, you know that's a great use of one item where you can use it in, in a bunch of different ways. And coffee filters, there's uh, there's a lot of different uses for them. Sometimes you just need to be creative and thinking about them. And sometimes you know reading a list will you know help you uh, get that creative edge. And so over at Backdoor Survival, this, there's 35 reasons here. Not all of them are going to be you know 100% survival. But uh, it does give you a lot of things to think about. And so definitely when you, uh, when you consider coffee filters, you might want to go out and buy a couple of packages of them just because there's so many uses for them. So let's go ahead and get started on this one. Every prepper knows that multi-purpose items save space and money. Because of this, we stash things like salt, duct tape, vinegar, and paracord like they are going out of style. Here's another inexpensive item that you should add to your list of versatile preps, coffee filters. Coffee filters are ubiquitous. They are inexpensive, lightweight, and readily available. Heck, you can purchase coffee filters at the dollar store, Amazon, Costco, the corner, grocery, and even on eBay. Now, I will be first to admit that there are a lot of lists floating around with suggested uses for coffee filters. However, most include all kinds of uses that are nice but irrelevant to the prepper. After all, if you are experiencing hard times or find yourself in a survival situation, do you really think you will care about pre preventing your fine china from chipping or making a quick yet adorable flower bouquet from your stash of coffee filters? Following, you can find 35 very sensible reasons why you should include coffee filters in your survival kits and preparedness pantry. Number one, use in place of a rag or paper towel. Use a coffee filter as a makeshift rag. Unlike paper towels, coffee filters are lint-free and take up very little space. They are also dirt cheap. Number two, keep insects away from food. When cooking or dining outdoors, cover your plates and bowls of food with coffee filters to keep the insects at bay. Uh, just a side note here, and it's a gross one. I remember uh, you know, having a conversation in microbiology about uh, flies and, and, and how they, uh, this is going to be gross, but my professor, I mean, he was, uh, he was an old godly man, but, uh, he, he really knew how to tell stories. 
So he's like, imagine, uh, this, uh, but he was talking about infectious diseases and how they're spread. But so he said, imagine uh, a fly lands on a piece of dog poop and he sits there and he eats the dog poop and he starts flying around and he smells your barbecue and he says, hey, that barbecue is really great. And so he goes and it lands on your barbecue when you're not looking. And this can happen very, very quickly. He uh, throws up the dog poop on the meat and then takes a couple of bites out of the meat and flies off. And so now that, uh, you know, that poop, that dog poop that has gone through the mosquito is now on your meat. And the easy way, if you're not, you know, don't cook it off or don't know it's there or whatever, uh, you know, that's, that's um, you know, in your food. And so not too long ago, I, uh, I posted a video on, Prepper, on the Prepper website uh, Facebook page. Uh, about a mosquito and it was just dropping out all this um, it was just nasty and so people are like all grossed out by it but it just happens so fast and so if you go over to the facebook page and you scroll down a little bit you'll see it it's just nasty and so you think about how quick that happens so if you can have some coffee filters when you're cooking outside, I mean, that would be what a great benefit to be able to have that. And especially if you if you're bugging out or you're camping or whatever it might be and you have some coffee filters in your bug out bag. I mean, you, you man, you might not ever look at a barbecue the same <laughs> the same way. But anyway, um, you know, good reason there. So that number two there just brought all that to my memory. <laughs> so uh, if you're eating or if you're about to go to lunch, I'm sorry. All right, uh, moving on. Number three is pre-filter collect collected water. When collecting water, you will be you will likely find some sediment, leaves, twigs, or other undesirable material in the water. Pre-filter collected water using a coffee filter, then process as you normally would typically by boiling or by the use of filtration, a, fil- a filtration system. This will remove the larger debris and help extend the life of your expensive filter. That's a good one. Number four, make a disposable plate or bowl. If you are bugging out or on the run, plates and bowls, even disposables, may be scarce. As well, they can be heavy and take up valuable real estate in your backpack. Dry foods can be eaten directly from a coffee filter bowl held in your hands. Heavier foods, even those that are moist, can be supported by a paper or plastic plate or bowl. When done, throw out the filter and your plate or bowl is still clean enough to use for the next meal. This saves cleanup time and even more importantly, it saves water. Number five, keep small hardware items organized. Nails, screws, and all manner of fixed fix-it items are good to have on hand in your survival kit. Secure them in little bundles made of coffee filters. Tie off the bundles with some paracord since that will be useful too. When you are using the hardware, the coffee filters will keep the items from rolling around and getting lost. Number six, keep your specs spotlessly clean. You don't need fancy liquid products to clean your glasses and, as a matter of fact, some products can also damage the coating on specialized lenses. I know, it happened to me. The next time you need to clean your glasses, try using a coffee filter with a bit of plain water. Your glasses will come clean and will be lint-free. You can also use coffee filters to safely clean cell phones, e-readers, and computer screens. Number seven, protect your cast iron skillets from rust. Nothing is more discouraging to the cast iron maven than finding a bit of rust on your well-seasoned cast iron skillet. You can help prevent this by putting some coffee filters in the skillet when it's not in use. The filter will absorb moisture and prevent rusting. Use it as an emergency toilet paper. 
No TP, no worries. A coffee filter will work just fine. Just don't flush it down a toilet. Number nine, use it as a pet pooper scooper. Ditto for pet pooper scoopers. Coffee filters work like a little glove for taking care of your pet's business. Great on the hiking trails or even indoors when Fido has a little accident. You can also use a coffee filter to wipe a messy tush or muddy paws. Keeping potting soil where it belongs in the pot. Before placing soil in a pot, cover the hole in the bottom with a coffee filter. This will prevent the soil from leaking out and yet will allow the excess water to drain properly. Number 11. Make an air freshener. To make an air freshener, fill a coffee filter with baking soda, twist, tie it shut, or again use a bit of paracord and you are all set. The baking soda will absorb all kinds of nasty odors. Make several and tuck them into your backpack, shoes, ice chest, vehicle, tent, and any place else that tends to get stinky smelly. Number 12. Make a cold compress. Soak filters in brewed tea or even just plain water and chill. Fold them up to fashion a cold compress when you have a headache or slight fever. A cool compress made from a coffee filter will even tame puffy eyes. Make a bandage. If you have a small cut or even a razor neck, rip a piece off of a coffee filter and slap it on with pressure to stop the bleeding. Your coffee filter will work similarly to a septic pencil but without the stinging. Note, this is not a replacement for a decent first aid kit. Number 14. Trap cooking grease. When cooking greasy foods, especially meats, you can soak up the extra grease by placing a coffee filter both under the cooked food and on top. Pat your food down well with the coffee filter and you will be good to go. Making an instant funnel. Cut the end off of a cone style coffee filter to make an instant funnel. Number 16. Make a bag for herbal tea. Gather up some fresh herbs, crush them a bit, then make a little sack out of your coffee filter. Tie off the top with a bit of twine from your survival kit or some strands of paracord. Boil some water, add it to a cup, and then let your packet of herbal tea steep to the desired strength. If you have a cold or sore throat, be sure to add a bit of honey or honey powder. You can do the same with uh, coffee as well. You know, I remember in one of Mark Goodwin's uh, books that the, the young people, the young couple, uh, had some coffee filters and some loose coffee grounds. And so they made some uh, one-time use coffee bags, basically, uh, you know, in, in that way. But instead of tying it off, they had a, a stapler. So they folded it over and used it as a stapler but or used a stapler to, to tie it off. But uh, you can definitely do that as well. Number 17 is flavor your sun tea. Man, I haven't heard, I haven't made sun tea in such a long, like when I was a kid. Remember back in the day, everybody was doing that. I mean, some of you still might be doing that. Uh, it's a very easy way to uh, to make tea and to use the sun. But I just, uh, I remember that was a big deal back in the day. Uh, when making a sun tea, add dried orange peels, mint leaves, or other herbs for flavor. Take a filter and center the contents in the middle. Gather the edges, twist, the, twist and tie with a string. Drop your little flavor packets into the jar along with the tea bags and let it brew as usual. Number 18. Use it as a filter for fresh juices. If you have found a citrus tree and are scavenging fruit for juice, you can use a coffee filter to filter the juice, leaving seeds and pulp behind. Number 19. Spot clean clothing. Spots and spills are a fact of life. Using a coffee filter to spot clean your clothing. If you have some, use some white vinegar, hydrogen peroxide, or club soda, and the spot will be greatly reduced if not disappear completely. Number 20. Sprout seeds for consuming. To sprout seeds, dampen the coffee filter, then place seeds inside. 
Fold it up, then place the filter and seed packets into a plastic baggie until they sprout. If you can, keep your little sprout pack in a dark spot for a few days, then move them into the light so chlorophyll develops. Some good seeds to use are mung beans, bean sprouts, and mixed broccoli and radish seeds. Number 21. Sprout Garden Seeds You can also sprout garden seeds in coffee filters to give them a head start before putting them into the ground or pots. Store garden seeds between seasons. Even without a desiccant, a coffee filter can be stored with with seeds to keep them moisture-free between growing seasons. Keep glass surfaces clean. Coffee filters are lint-free, so your glass surface will sparkle after they are clean. If you have some, and you should, add a little vinegar to water and use this combo as a cleaning solution. But use only water and soap on eyeglasses. No vinegar, please. See above. Number 24. Keep fresh produce crisp and dry in your cooler. Wrap fresh picked produce, especially greens, in coffee filters before putting them in your cooler. The coffee filter will help absorb any moisture and keep your produce fresh and crisp longer. Number 25. Make a portable food wrapper. While fending for yourself, you may not have aluminum foil, plastic wrap, or other containers for storing your food. Instead, use a coffee filter as a food wrapper or storage container. You may need to split the filter and combine two or more to surround your food, but after securing your food wrapper with a bit of string, you will be all set. Strain soup stock in broths. In a survival situation, you will not want to waste anything food-wise. After boiling up food scraps, strain the broth for a nice rich soup stock that can be consumed as is or used as a base for another meal. Number 27. Make a bouquet garni. Bundle herbs and spices into a coffee filter, tie it off, and add it to your soups and broths as a nifty way of seasoning your homemade creation. Make a dish for pet food. If you have a dog or cat in a pinch, you can serve either wet or dry food in a makeshift coffee filter bowl. Number 29. Start a fire. If you use a coffee filter to soak up grease, see number 14, you have created an excellent fire starter. Any kind of grease will work, whether it is from a vehicle repair or the kitchen. Number 30. Use it as a paper. In a pinch, if you have to leave a note or write something down, but have no paper, a coffee filter will do the trick. It will work best with a ballpoint pen. A marker will bleed too much to be legible. Use a coffee filter to make a bath sachet. If you happen to be the victim of poison ivy or another type of skin rash, an oatmeal bath can give instant relief. Add dry oatmeal to the center of the coffee filter, tie it up tightly, and add it to the bath water. All the itch relief with none of the mess. Number 32. Catch bits of cork in your wine. This may be debatable as a survival use, but if your cork should break, When you are removing it from a wine bottle, simply place a coffee filter over the end of the bottle when pouring to trap the little pieces of cork before they go into the wine glass. Number 33. Use it to blow your nose. A coffee filter can be used as a substitute for a Kleenex if you have the sniffles or a sneezing fit. I guess the good thing about that one is that uh, the coffee filter probably wouldn't break as easy. Number 34. I'm sorry. Make a dryer sheet. Okay, this is not a survival necessity, but it works so well, I just had to include it. First of all, I do not use nor do I endorse the use of commercial dryer sheets. Sometimes, though, I will dampen a coffee filter with some white vinegar and a few drops of my favorite essential oil, lavender. When it is raining and cold and I cannot hang my sheets outside to dry, 
I will pop one of these scented filters into the dryer and my sheets will smell heavenly. And number 35, make coffee. Least I forget, don't forget to use your filters for making coffee. If all you have is a pot, some ground coffee and water, boil it up and filter the result, resulting brew into your cup. Not exactly a Starbucks experience, but if you are a coffee addict, it will be delicious nonetheless. Good article over at BackdoorSurvival.com. Again, multi-uses, uh, I think, are always a great, um, you know, a great topic to have when we're talking about uh, items for survival and bug out bags and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, hopefully, you came a, came across some ways to use coffee filters that uh, you haven't thought about, or maybe you know some that uh, weren't read here uh, that would pertain to sur- a survival use. Now, I'd love for you to come over to uh, episode 262 of the Prepper Website Podcast and share that out. Uh, that would be uh, just great. And I'll read it uh, later on in a podcast if, uh, if you do that. Um, so anyway, that, again, over at uh, BackdoorSurvival.com, come check this one out. A lot of links and uh, some pictures definitely to kind of help you get your creative juices on how you can use coffee filters uh, in, in uh, you know, in, in multiple ways. So anyway, guys, that's it for episode 262, another week of podcast in the books. I appreciate uh, all of you who've been hanging out with me uh, on the podcast this week. Hey, remember, if you are looking for more preparedness content, we have tons of it over at PrepperWebsite.com. Uh, we have uh, new articles every evening posted there uh, 24-7. So you know that you can go over there and find uh, great articles to, to fill all your preparedness needs. And don't forget all the, the, the specific pages that we have on the top right-hand corner that uh, you know deal with like alternative news and uh, DIY and frugal living and uh, all those. Those are always uh, very popular as well over on the website. So, all right, guys, I hope you have a great weekend. hope you have some time to relax, spend some time with family, and go out and maybe uh, get some dirt time. That would be great. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.